Julia, you know I love a good controversy. I also am a big fan of cults and everything cult related. I listen to every podcast that is related to cults and I found a crazy cult that I think you will be fascinated with as well. To start, somehow that does not surprise me that you are into cults and I've always wondered if the time will come where you will start your own cult dedicated to Ruthie. Um, so I, I, I have considered that actually. And okay, I do not like cults. I am generally deeply, deeply suspicious of them, but that doesn't mean that I can't be interested in them. So what is this, um, what's the strange story you've got for us today? Well, it has to do with cats, a modern day cat cult. Interesting. Is this Taylor Swift's fan club? <laughs> You know, we probably could do an episode on that because I would not be surprised if there is a cult dedicated to Taylor Swift's cats. But and this- for all of our Taylor Swift fans, I, I feel like I have made jokes about Taylor being a cat lady like several times in our last past episodes. We, we're here for you, Taylor. We mean no harm. Hey, I don't mind ticking off the, the Swifties. <laughs> Make us go viral. Uh, <laughs> but this cat cult is, was very recent and it was started by a woman named Cheryl Ruthven from Washington state. And the way that she was able to reel people in, into this cult that worshiped cats, that saw cats as these divine beings that were going to get them into heaven is, I think a story of how easily people fall for anything. So (laughs) this just isn't cat lovers. (laughs) This isn't just a, a cult then about cats. This is a cult about Christian cats, Christian cats, the holiest of the kitties. (laughs) Buckle up everybody. (laughs) Buckle up, buckle up. So Cheryl Ruthven from Washington state. She grew up in a Christian home, but she got into ministry, uh, in the nineties. And she was at a church called the gates of praise, which is a small Pentecostal church that would meet on the second floor of former sons of Norway hall in Bellingham, Washington. And people really idolized her. They thought she was very magnetic, felt like she was very prolific. And in particular, women really were drawn to her. And what people said is that she had a gift of prophecy. And so she seemed to really be able to know what people were going through. And when she would speak, she would kind of get into this, like, I don't know, like it people described it as a trance, as if God's voice was speaking through her. And so because of this, followers really latched on to what she was saying and what she was doing. And this was pre-cats. This was all pre-cats. And people would go to the church early before uh, service would start, just in case Ruthven had anything 
specific to say to them that was from God. Have you ever met anybody like this where you're like, man, I latch on to everything that you say? I mean, apart from maybe certain musicians, I don't think so. I don't really latch on. <laughs> that makes sense. You don't. Like, yeah. Yeah, maybe there are a couple of people where I'm like, oh my gosh, I adore you. You're so amazing. But I don't think that I would ever form a cult around them. And when you say people, I'm just curious, like, how many people actually bought into this woman's whatever you want to call I, it? I don't know how big this church, this initial church was that she was part of. But what ended up happening is uh, the Gates of Praise, the church split in the early 2000s. And then most of the congregation ended up following Cheryl to start a new church, which was called the Freedom Fire Ministries. And she was just really able to cultivate this group of people who just got hooked on everything that she said. And she, Ruth Finn convinced people that she wasn't just some ordinary pastor, but that she was also a prophet and that if they stuck with her, their salvation would be secured. So Cheryl goes and starts this other church and then her cat Eva dies. And this is where the cat cult originates from. She is very impacted by the loss of this cat. And so Eva's Eden is born. And Cheryl Ruthven's cat, Eva, died. It left her completely distraught. And then she saw the cat's death as a sign that she should start her own cat rescue. And in the words of Ruthven, she wrote, and describing the, the founding of Eva's Eden, she died on the winter solstice. Death had come. Now I needed to embrace life. How does one explain such a love to a world that sees animals only as animals? As I had studied and taught my people that of Egyptian alchemy, I grew in reverence for their beliefs of honoring the felines as vessels that are able to guide us through our passageway of life. And so this is what really began uh, this new journey around her own ministry that was centered around fostering cats and kittens by the dozens. She told her followers is that Eva's Eden is not a social gathering hour. She wrote this in an email in January 2013. It is the temple of God. You are to enter with the reverence of what is sealed within its foundation and walls and within every single feline. You are to enter with awe. You are to see each customer in there, in there with discernment. Are they a chosen? And so this was in response to, though, um, of how her followers treated cats that they were fostering or that they had rescued. So, for instance, they had to make sure the cats ate even before their children did. They had to treat them like basically royalty within their homes. And some of their followers said at one point they had, they had up to 40 cats in their homes that they were fostering. Yeah, this is really... So I guess I'm just struggling to understand how she even gained a following. Like, so 
if she started with like a traditional Christian practice and then it expanded to cats, did she have people who were like cat people first who then became religious folks? Or is there actually this like a significant overlap of people who believe in this religion, but also believe in cats as magical? My takeaway, I, I've watched a lot of saviors. Cult. I've watched a lot of cult documentaries, listened to a lot of cult podcasts. The, to me, the trend t tends to be with cults in general is that people who are lonely and seeking some sort of deeper meaning in something, right? And once they, once they find that community and that connection to a place, they'll just buy in, even if it doesn't make sense, right? Like it, it doesn't have to fully make sense, mm. but there's a connection there that allows them to kind of dig their heels in and be like, okay, this is real. And, and I think too, with anything, right? We tend to look for meaning in things. It's like, I, I do this personally. I do this every day. I'm like, if um, Ruthie takes a left here, this means I need to make this choice today. And I'll try to as as ascribe some sort of meaning to little things that happen, even though they in reality don't mean anything. And I, I generally think that people are just seeking community and they are seeking to have meaning in something and in the process of that i think you know they were doing a good thing by rescuing a lot of cats and so there maybe been was something there that made them feel good about what they were doing that even if it wasn't true that these cats turned into angels at least there was some good that came out of it in the process of as far as saving animals and getting them rehomed. So that's something else I wanted to ask you because you know at first I hear cat cult and religion. I'm like, this probably can't be good. But what you've described in terms of saving cats doesn't sound like a bad thing. So did was this? I don't about, know. I'm a not a big cat lady. So. <laughs> I wouldn't True. have joined that cult. <laughs> but was this like truly a cult for good? Like, was this nothing but a positive experience for the cats and a positive experience for members? Like, is she regarded as a, a, a bad person or do we view her as a force for good? Well, a lot of these people, um, they, so one of the followers said that, you pour everything out into care and love for these animals. And when they are adopted, they become a blessing to their family. This was a woman whose last name is Gunderson said, and it doesn't erase, but it doesn't erase the years and years of spiritual abuse. So a lot of people came forward and talked about the emotional and spiritual abuse that they went through being part of this cult. I mean, they had, she ended up moving to Tennessee and forced her followers to move to Tennessee with her and basically said, if you don't follow me here, then you cannot fulfill your promise and you will not go to heaven, essentially. And I think when you've already been, and most of the people in this cult were women, and a lot of them were single. And I think she definitely took advantage of lonely people who didn't really have anyone else in their lives 
and took advantage of that. I mean, listen, she made them drink her blood. That's abuse. That's so and that gross. Is, I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah I mean, and kiss really and kiss her feet. I, I, you know, I'm not a foot person either. I don't want to see your feet. <laughs> you hate I don't this woman. Touch your feet. <laughs> like she's between the cats, the feet, the blood. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on here that would have turned me off immediately. But again, I really do think it just goes back to people being lonely. And um, yeah, so I, I, you know, as far as the, uh, the reason why people started writing about her and why stuff started to come to light about who she was and what she did is because there was abuse that took place within there. And she isolated people from others. She isolated people from family members. Her ex-husband had, she tried to get her ex-husband killed. She tried to get her second husband to kill her (laughs) ex-husband. So this woman was generally not great. Okay, she's bad news. Bad news, yeah. What do you what are your thoughts? I guess I mean what happened to her is my my first thought, but what happened to all those people who were so well let me back up. Is she still doing her thing? Is she still preaching? Does she still have a, a practice? I don't know what to call it. So let's go to um so she settled in Columbia, Tennessee. And let's see. Uh da, 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 da. I'm going it, it it honestly is really hard to find stuff on her and the most recent article that I could find that was the most current up to date was um an article in Nashville scene and titled how a cat cult that believes cats are divine beings ended up in Tennessee. So a lot of this information that I'm divulging is, is through from this article. Um, and she was still, yeah, she's still kicking it. She's not dead. I don't know how many followers she still has. Um, but she's kind of gone into hiding a little bit too. So she's just, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what she's doing now, but she doesn't have social media from what I can see. Um, but so she, she adopted this idea though, cause she mentions it and, and that quote that I talked about as far as, um, excuse me uh she mentioned it the egyptians and this is where the history of felinism comes in and so felinism is not new she didn't invent worshiping cats she didn't invent seeing cats as divine beings i think she just took it a step further felinism is an animalistic religion that is centered around the idea of feline species as being divine beings Mm. and what it what it means so at the center of the felinist worship 
lies the idea of discerning the general feline will, which means that <laughs> it describes a process or state of mind which enables one to humbly wait upon the feline divinity for guidance. So what instead of what would Jesus do, what would your cat do? It was a custom that believers wore cat ear-like head ornaments and other cat-like accessories. And a believer can do it while riding a bike in the park or watching television with a cat on their lap. And one may find themselves entering the state of discernment while in discussion with friends or colleagues. So basically it's like, they're almost trying to become a cat is how I okay. understand this to be. And felineness often rely on a guide, meaning a cat who has come forward to help that person make their life choices. So it really is, you're, it's like you're trying to get inside this cat's mind of what should I do? How should I live my life? How should I be? Oh my God. I just never saw cats as being interesting enough to even create a vibe that you would that you would want to emulate. Like what what do they do? Like they nap, they hunt they birds. Cause yeah, I mean, they cause every chaos. Cat that I've had and any cat that I grew up with, they were terrors. <laughs> That's this is so strange. Like why I guess you could make the argument that there's probably, you know, for every animal on the planet, there, there are probably people who will put that animal on a pedestal and say, here are qualities of that animal that we should adopt and, you know, emulate and all that stuff. But this seems very large for something that I don't feel like actually is worth that amount of time. Well, I think the thing that I actually do like about cats is that they are very independent and they don't give a fuck. And I, I do relate to that as far as the general personality traits of cats and that they come to you when they want attention, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's a good point. Th that is something I, I feel like they're honest in how they present themselves and that they they know their boundaries. Whereas how often have we as humans let people touch us or be close to us in certain ways that we other, we really didn't want happening. And, but we were totally to saying anything out of hurting their feelings and cats are like, no, I don't want that. Don't do that. I don't like that. So I think there is something that we can learn in that respect, as far as cats go. What's interesting to me though, as far as Cheryl Ruthven, and, and the cat connection that she made with, um, you know, the apocalypse uh, <laughs> is, and Christianity is that felineism was, is rooted in paganism. So it doesn't seem like it really goes hand in hand from that, you know, side of the coin. Very interesting. Huh. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, just we think about all the animals that were embraced by paganism, like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, also, too, I mean, it's it's almost like you're worshiping another god, right? Like, in Christianity, what I was taught, taught, you cannot have idols, and the person that you adhere to oh, and right. put your focus on is God and Jesus. And it seems like the opposite is true of Eva's Eden where the focus was on the cats. I think she used religion as a way 
to just have more cats in her life and to gain the trust <laughs> of people. But it, to me, it just seems like there's a inconsistency there based on Christian teachings and what the Bible said. I haven't read the Bible in a while, so I'm not uh, not remembering everything I was taught in Sunday school. Um, but it just doesn't seem like there's consistency there between Christian teachings and how she was putting cats on this pedestal. Right. It, it, it goes back to what I was, I guess, trying to figure out, like, is there a natural connection there? And it, based on what you're saying, there is not. And it just further proved that this woman was crazy and just taking her own little passion project and trying to institutionalize it. So there, there is this myth as well, as far as, as, as far as how cats were evil, according to this myth around Pope Gregory and cats. So the, the folklore story is that in uh, the 12th century, Pope Gregory, I believe, I can't, I don't know if this is the ninth, the 10th, I think it's the Pope Gregory authorized the persecution of heterics and anyone that turned away from the Catholic church. And he sent someone to Germany, Conrad von Marburg. And Conrad was like the Jack Bauer in the last few episodes of the season um, when there was a bomb still out there and the suspect was in front of him. And he, he liked to torture is kind of what I am trying to say. So basically, you know, when you torture someone, you can get them to say anything if it stops the pain. So it's not necessarily um, effective in in getting the truth. So Conrad returns and tells the Pope what he's delivered, a sect of heterics who worship the devil. And he got someone to volunteer the information about how those rituals work. So what he supposedly told the Pope was that this group would stand in a dark room and an animal would appear. It could be a frog, it could be a dog, toad, whatever. And then the group kisses the animal in its rear, so on the butt, and its mouth, and they spit. Okay? After the butt kissing, a man with black eyes would appear and kiss any new recruits, making them forget the Catholic religion, okay? Uh, Afterwards, everyone would eat, and once they were were done, a black cat, a statue of a black cat would appear and descend, and everyone would kiss the statue's butt. Then Lucifer would appear. Anya, what, what, what is this? (laughs) And then Lucifer would appear. And and, uh, there's a lot of butt stuff going on Um, in his top half, but his bottom half is covered in coarse cat fur. So then Conrad tells Pope Gregory all of this. And instead of asking Conrad if he, you know, hey, would you anything, did you take anything? Pope Greg was like, yeah, that seems right. Um, Let's get rid of cats. <laughs> so the um, Catholic Church apparently 
this now this is this is neither confirmed uh, from what i understand neither confirmed or denied i mean there's a an article that i found on on penn state um he ended from what it's told is that pope gregory ended up calling for the killing of cats but this was never really confirmed or denied and so they you know this is something that is uh debated within the academic community i believe i'm going to hope for the sake of all of those alleged cat bottom kissers that this is entirely fabricated made up <laughs> i think someone just had a fetish for butts yeah, I think someone. This did. sounds like a sex someone had club. too much catnip. This sounds like a sex club people go to New York City. Yeah, it it probably <laughs> is. Again, like catnip, overdose, hallucinations at a New York City sex club. This is very very strange. <laughs> this is probably CatCon. I'm pretty sure this podcast just got flagged. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, that is the genesis of Eva's Eden, Cheryl Ruthven, the, the little bit of background history on felinism and where it originated from. Now we know that potentially Pope Gregory killed a lot of cats during his reign as Pope. Um, but it, it, you know, there's really, I think we could probably do like 40 episodes on the history of cats and religion. I know that you and I have talked about some different uh, episodes that we want to do that is a little bit centered around this where we can do a deeper dive into different parts of this because it is it is fascinating and you know to your point too around the personality traits of cats I think cats are seen though as wise right like they aren't as from my experience with cats they seem to be more you know they they kind of lurk on to people right like if you think of a cheetah you think of a leopard right they don't pounce right away they take no, they're not like running. dogs you no, know they don't dogs just run over to anybody and they're wagged and excited but like cats are I, I see what you're saying like there's something about cats where they're they're almost more skeptical right and that skepticism could be construed as intelligence because they're they're being thoughtful in what they're doing they're not mm -hmm. just, and I guess that's what, like, historically, sometimes they're in philosophy, you know, what separates us from animals, but, you know, animals are often um, described as just reacting instinctually to things, but the idea of there being this, like, deeper, um, like, analysis taking place, like, we've normally not thought of animals that way, but I think now we're starting to realize it's not true, animals actually do have that level of cognition and cats are probably on the list yes they cats are like i said they're independent for the most part i think they're discerning they aren't needy which i do like that there are times where i'm like i love ruthie but hey you know, give me, give me a little space. Just like, Hey, I'm, 
<laughs> I'm trying to work. I mean, I see videos of cats all the time though on the internet where they're annoying their owners, but it I think to our point earlier though, people are seeking meaning in life. And whether that's through cats, dogs, I mean, think of all the things that people have found meaning. I mean, QAnon, right? Like oh every, people are seeking something that they can connect with. And also too, I think people want to feel like they're doing something important. We live, yes. we're living a life, you know, we, we don't, most of us, I feel like don't want to leave this earth feeling like our time here was wasted. And I do think that's where cults often take advantage of that feeling as well as that if you join this, if you follow this, you will be part of something bigger than you and contribute something great to the world and leave the world better. Right. Yeah. That's and a really good point. I, I think that's where a lot of this ties into as well as we want to feel like our lives mattered. And if it's by saving cats, you know, for a lot of these people that that gave them that. And, um, and unfortunately it was just taken advantage of for a lot of these people who you know, ended up leaving because there was so much abuse that was happening within this church. And I do think though, we can learn from animals as we have learned from several conversations that we've had with different people. I mean, we talk about spiders, pigs, people with, you know, the bat sanctuary, like there are so many different things that we can learn from animals, but I don't necessarily think, think that that means that we should put everything into one animal as far as how we live our lives. Uh, I think that's very well said. And I, I agree with that. Um, people are looking to be a part of something and something that gives meaning to their life. And hey, maybe that's why there are so many crazy pet parents like us out there. You know, we're looking for meaning and we've just picked our you know, our furry critters as uh, an extension of that search for whatever it is. I always ask myself, what would Ruthie do? Probably she not half the stuff that you've done, but I appreciate the thought. <laughs> you know what she probably would do? She would take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I need, I, I should follow that philosophy more. I should take more naps. I like that 2023 resolution. What, what, how, what would, uh, what would smudge do? What, what would smudges, uh, uh, thing be as far as what he would be teaching his followers? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that boxes are scary. Cardboard boxes are to be avoided. Oh, they have that at for Ruthie and Smudge have that in common. Yeah. Okay. Hates cardboard boxes. He would actually, Smudge's cult would probably be the chicken cult. It's like we're all going to gather and worship the chicken because that's really the best thing that could ever happen to you in your day is that you get fresh chicken pulled out of the instant pot. And that is like cause for celebration. <laughs> I think you're, I think Smudge would probably be like bark at everything because everything is bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everything is scary and bad. Everything trust, is scary and it's coming nothing. for you. Trust no one. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at him right now. You don't know that we're talking about you. 
But yeah, so that's the breakdown of Cheryl Ruthman, a little bit of background on felineism. And it was, there's so much more that I want to get into, but I really want to save it for another episode because I found so much weird stuff and it does make me wonder if cat people are okay. <laughs> you don't need a cult. You need therapy. <laughs> Beautifully said, Anya. And that's a wrap. <laughs> if you want more, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, subscribe to our newsletter um, where you can find the subscription on theforfluencers.com. And make sure to like and subscribe either on iTunes and Spotify and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And if there's any other weird animal cults that we should discuss, let us know. Thanks for listening, everyone. 